if you're heading down the path of divorce, uh, there's no reason to be on their side of the street cleaning it up. Like that ship has sailed. If, if that would have worked, we wouldn't be here. And so that resistance that why should I work on myself when he or she is so displeasing because they're going to be part of your past and you're going to be part of your future. And so let's make it the best future possible. Hello, friend. It's Wendy Valentine, your hostess with the Midlife Mostess, coming at you live from the RV. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. If you are ready to get unstuck, take courageous action, and reclaim your life, I am the wild and wise woman for you. Let me tell you, I've been there. I've gone through divorce. I was at a job I definitely didn't love. I've lost some amazing people in my life, and I have cried buckets of tears along the way. The great news is that I've made it through to the other side. Oh, yeah. My breakdown became my breakthrough. I know your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of saying yes to life. It's time to stop being stuck and stop playing small. It's time to go from surviving to thriving. If you're done living a life that doesn't set your soul on fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's get this midlife party started, shall we? Welcome to episode 22 of the Midlife Makeover Show. 22 episodes, you guys. Woohoo! Speaking of 22, 22, did you know that the Midlife Makeover Show launched on 2-22-22 at 2.22 p.m.? Yep. It was no coincidence that the show launched on that day. I've always had a thing for numbers. It was a sign that the stars were aligning in perfect order. It's a beautiful thing when the stars align in your life and you see it all come together. Let's actually talk about that for a moment before I introduce you to today's guest. I was speaking with someone the other day about their fear of retirement, and he said that what he struggled with the most right now was the fear of the unknown and not knowing what to expect in his second half of life. I'm sure a lot of you feel that way. Whether you're retiring or your nest is becoming empty or you are losing a spouse, there are so many changes and unknown as we move through midlife, aren't there? So my response to him was wisdom that I actually learned from my own show, which was last week's episode with Christina Woods. And Christina had said to live in the land of possibility and not in the land of predictability. I love that. The land of possibility. And the land of possibility is in the world of the unknown. That's where the stars align oh so perfectly for you. If you allow it, if you let go, if you leap and trust that the net will appear. So don't fear the unknown. Embrace it. Allow God, the universe, big man on campus, whatever you want to call the invisible that manifests the visible in your life to create miracles in your life. Trying to live in the land of predictability is just trying to control, manipulate, and regulate your life. And that's exhausting. Who wants to spend their energy on all that? I certainly don't. By trying to control your life, you're not leaving room for the magic. You're not giving your life permission to unfold in a beautiful, harmonious, organic, and exciting way. Again, let go. And as the Beatles would say, let it be. 
Your life will unfold in divine order anyways, so you might as well just sit back and relax in your canoe while you float down the river of life. Midlife is your opportunity to really enjoy your life. Write yourself a permission slip today, like right now, that says, I give myself permission to enjoy my life. Actually, write it on a sticky note and stick that sucker to your mirror. (laughs) Read it every day and let those words sink in. Speaking of the stars aligning, today's guest is the perfect guest for episode 22. When I replayed the episode to write down the nuggets of midlife wisdom, there were so many nuggets that I couldn't decide which ones to pick. I think you will absolutely love today's episode too. Maybe I should stop rambling on so you can hear it. All right, (laughs) let's get started. Karen McMahon is a certified relationship and divorce coach and founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. She began divorce coaching in 2010 after recognizing that the pain of her divorce led her on a transformational journey into an incredible new life. Karen leads a team of divorce coaches in supporting men and women around the world to become calm, clear, and confident as they navigate divorce. Karen is the host of the acclaimed Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, co-author of Stepping Out of Chaos, Turning Pain to Possibility, and creator of JBD's exclusive 12-step divorce recovery program. Midlifers, please welcome Karen McMahon. Karen McMahon, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. It is so great to have you, and you look like you're sitting on a bridge. (laughs) Yes, I am sitting on the Brooklyn Bridge, and thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited about our conversation. Yes, I can't wait. All right, so tell everyone a little bit about what you do and why you do what you do. Yeah, great question. So I'm a relationship and divorce coach. I've been doing this since 2010, and as with most divorce coaches, uh, it grew out of my divorce. Uh, My divorce was three and a half years It was high conflict. Uh, I was in sales. I lost all of my accounts. Uh, I had friends dropping off uh, food at the back door. I had the police and CPS involved. And and I emerged with a $60,000 debt from my settlement. So I just had this just really hard, hard experience. And I would call it a living hell. And I would also say it was the greatest gift I ever had because um, early on in my process, I joined a 12-step program, which really talks about keeping the focus on yourself. And that that was the game changer for me. I was able to really uh, see the shortcomings and insecurities and baggage that I brought to the table. And so it was, it, it was, I was able to focus on fixing me rather than complaining about him. Mm-hmm. I complained about him in all due, like I, I did, I did complain, um, but I was able to at least keep the focus on myself. And that takes a lot of courage. I feel to get to that point where you do look at yourself. Cause I, I too was in the same situation and it was like, wait a minute, you know, I've got to take a look at myself so that I don't repeat And I think people are resistant to do that. Like a lot of my clients will be, will say things like, but she, 
or but he and and yes and that may be true and yes of course they have their own insecurities shortcomings judgments like whatever that stuff is right. it's just that if you're heading down the path of divorce uh, there's no reason to be on their side of the street cleaning it up like that ship has sailed if if that would have worked we wouldn't be here and so that resistance that why should i work on myself when he or she is so displeasing because they're going to be part of your past and you're going to be part of your future. And so let's make it the best future possible. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. And I, I was reading the notes before we hit record and um, in your bio, it said about going through divorce. Um, was it calm, clear and confident? Confident. Yes. Yeah. And I like those three words. And also, I just love the fact that they all start with a C. Um, but calm, clear, and confident, it says so much. But to me, what, what do, you, what do the, those words mean to you? Well, most of us are very, uh, have very chaotic lives external and very chaotic thoughts internal. And so when in chaos, you're not going to be terribly effective. So getting people to understand the stories in the head and how they're not serving them and how it's actually impacting the chaos around them, that that speaks to the calm. The clear is once you begin to quiet all of that, you actually can find out what are my values? What are my priorities? Who do I want to be going through this divorce? And, And that brings the clarity to partner with your attorney and be more effective and then confident you know, I don't know anybody whose confidence isn't pretty broken. I think we all enter divorce thinking that we failed. And so there's this broken confidence. And then if you're in a high conflict situation, somebody's been chipping away at your confidence for a while as well. It is so dangerous to enter divorce and negotiations insecure. And so building that confidence, building a foundation for people, so calm, clear, confident, really sets you up to be effective and efficient going through the process. What what do you feel is the best way to get to a place of calm because that is I think of the three those are probably what I would think what people would struggle with the most if getting calm enough to be able to even get clear and like and to get confident if you think about it we're all on this cortisol overdose right we're we're all being triggered mm-hmm. and fight flight or freeze and that doesn't happen once a week. That happens multiple times a day. And so there's this ongoing triggering. We created a 12-step divorce recovery program. Uh And step one and three, step one is curbing the conflict. Step three is calming the chaos. And and Mm. they're in that order. Step two is actually about your feelings and healing the hurt. And those first three steps are really designed to help people quickly find their way to at least momentary calm and clarity. And and it's almost like once you taste it, my life was so chaotic. Once I tasted it, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of new. Like I haven't had that in a while. I want more of that. Mm -hmm. And then with the guidance of coaching or the online program, people can really dig in. and, And it's so beautiful because it's all about understanding me. Let me understand yeah. myself better. Let me assess myself. Let me, and throughout the whole thing, of course, um, Wendy, let me be very kind and gentle to myself doing it. So I stay in that sweet spot. 
who I can speak for myself, that once you realize that there is life beyond divorce, and then it is kind of like creating this new being and this new life, then it's like, oh, and like when that light bulb goes off, it's like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I have this new future ahead of me. And, but at the same time, I think it's so important to clear this up, clear up the, you know, as much as you can clear up your past so that you're not just jumping in the future and you're still like bringing that baggage with you too. Right. Right. And I think that that could be our entire conversation too. So we all have baggage. We've all, um, no matter how perfect the family of origin, um, was, you know, our parents had their own dysfunction. And so, so we grew up with wounds and those wounds are hardwired into our intimate relationships. And so, so yeah, when we take the time to do that work, uh, we can emerge a better version of ourselves. I think that a really important piece to acknowledge is when there is no light at the end of the tunnel, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel like a temporary situation. It feels endless. And, and, and that can really trip people up too. And when I talk to people and I say this, my favorite saying a thousand times a day was this too shall pass. I needed to keep reminding myself that this is not the rest of my life. Right. It felt like the rest of my life, many days, many weeks, many months, it was not the rest of my life. And then we have um, one of our series, because uh, I do series in my podcast, is Voices of Celebration. So we just have this rasta of former clients coming on saying, this was my greatest fear and it never came true. And oh yeah. my God, I was devastated. And now I'm so delighted. Like just all of this hope that we try to pour into those entering because it's a long, dark tunnel and you could mistake in it for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, that is so important. The, uh, this too shall pass. That was one of my little, you know, mantras that I would say to myself and I still do, you know, like I'm having a bad day. And I mean, last night I'm in Chicago, like we had this horrible storm last night, which is not a surprise. We have them all the time, but it's not going to stay forever. Like the sun eventually, maybe, hopefully, (laughs) I don't know maybe next year, but yeah, it does pass. And I was thinking of too, um, the serenity prayer. And that is one of the things that kind of got me through divorce. And even then after the divorce, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference for me. I kept going, like I would get so frustrated with things that were whatever it was bills and the debt and separating this. And this goes here, you know, it was so overwhelming. I was like, all right, what can I do? Like, what, what do I have control over? Right. And I think that's the thing, you know, now that I think about it, you know, you're in, in marriage, in a relationship, you're a team for the most, like you're still like someone's doing this and someone's doing that. And then all of a sudden, some of those things that, you know, your partner used to do or things now it's like, there was a lot of things that we had a business together. So there was a lot of things that I did that was like, okay, this is not my responsibility anymore. And I, I have to hand that over and not feel bad about handing it over. So I do feel like they're, you know, you get to a peak of things of like, oh my God, who's doing what? And who's this? And this is going here and that's going. I'm like, ah, 
you know, and even post-divorce, even when it's official, you know. I I, I tell you, I think for me, um, purchasing my first electric drill was very empowering. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I can hang blinds. I can hang this. I can do things like, because you do, you just rely on your partner. It's, yes. it's what they, they do, whether it's paying the bills or, and, and with everything, there's two ways to look at that, right? Mm-hmm. So you could be like, oh my God, I can't believe, or hmm, maybe I'm more skilled at this than I ever thought I was. Yes. This could be an adventure. Yeah. I could learn something. I'll grow my skill set. And and so that that shifting of perspective with everything, everything yeah. that is put before the person going through a divorce, it's like slow it down enough to notice what your story is about it. And then if that story leaves you feeling scared, miserable, defeated, victimized, you have an opportunity to rewrite the story. Right. And and not, I'm not saying like, I'm not talking about putting lipstick on a pig here. I'm talking about finding another equally valid perspective that might include more silver lining, that might show more hope and possibility. And that is such a huge part of what we do with our clients every day. Is being able to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel and recreating. Being able to, to shift it, to shift the yeah. perspective, not so much see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I think that the tunnel vision of this is this, this situation, my attorney said that court was delayed four weeks. This is horrible. This is terrible. This is going to screw yep. me. And that perspective, that knee jerk fear perspective never serves us. And, right. and that shifting that on a day-to-day basis can allow someone to be in the midst of what's temporary and not be so miserable with it or suffering so much. Yeah. And I feel too, um, also being proactive instead of reactive and, and right, because it's natural too. I think when you're especially going through the legal aspect of it is to constantly be reacting this and that bah, 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 bah. instead be like, okay, what can I do? And how can I, it, it, I think too, I mean, I actually had a great divorce. Like <laughs> I had a good guess it was my second divorce. I was like, God dang, I am not like do this one so, right. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that's that is so important, I think, for people to realize that that's possible. You don't I think it's like, okay, divorce doesn't always have to be so bad. It can be bad, yes, but it's not always gonna be bad. And you know, my ex and I, we, we started off with a divorce, like, okay, you and I both have been through so much trauma in our lives. Let's not create any bit more that we need to go to see a therapist for, you know, (laughs) like, let's try to make this as calm as possible. And for the most part, it was really good. Um, And I think that took both of us being proactive and going into it that way. Unfortunately, sometimes the other person always isn't going to be that way, even. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if I could speak to that, first of all, Mm -hmm. uh, twice now you've talked about doing what's in your control. And I think that in general, going through divorce, there's so much outside of our control that that your point is brilliant, that 
if that the best way to feel empowered going through divorce is to always look for what is in your control. And unfortunately, what most people are doing is they're they're looking at the attorney, they're looking at the ex, they're looking at the courts, they're looking at all of the wrong things that they have no control. And yet when you say, well, what do I, with my finances, what do I have control with my, my ex or parenting or the house or whatever it is. And when you find that spot where you have control, you feel empowered. And when you feel empowered, you feel confident. And when you feel confident, you're more effective. And it's this beautiful ripple effect. To your point, there are those who go through, uh, someone had said this, I like the term garden variety divorces, Mm -hmm. where even though you've decided it's not good to stay together, you can act like two reasonably mature, Mm -hmm. flexible, compromising individuals. That's what you described. Mm -hmm. And yes, when you're proactive and you do that, the divorce can be um, fairly smooth. Mm -hmm. I just want to talk for a second for those listening who are like, yeah, that ain't my ex. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that because your divorce will still be as smooth and streamlined as you make it. So even if your ex and my ex was on a spectrum and dug his heels in and literally went before the judge to say, would you please tell her she has to go home and stay married to me? Like a hundred percent resistance still, I had a choice every day about how I navigated the divorce. Um, We don't have to um, join every argument we're invited to. Uh, There are so many brilliant statements uh, that we can say when we don't agree rather than, I think people get deluded. It's like, well, let me argue this and maybe you'll see my point. They're not going to see your point. You're going through divorce. It, you know, so so it's like again that ship sailed. And so when we start getting crystal clear that I don't need, and this is high conflict. I don't need. I can't change his or her mind. I don't need to, but I can take every step possible to to navigate this with grace and dignity. I'm not going to do a great job, but to your point, I can be responsive rather than reactive or proactive rather than reactive. I can, I can make my choices based on my integrity and my values. And a saying that I, I raised my kids on is don't ever let somebody else's bad behavior determine your behavior. And so you don't ever have to stoop to the other person's level. Those little things make an enormous difference in streamlining yeah. even a difficult divorce. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, I'm sure a lot of people as are going through divorce and you're dividing things up and, you know, there's a lot of emotions that are involved there. It's, it's so easy to, to fight, to, to, to want to just be like, you know, and I, that goes back to the calm, right? Yep. <laughs> Just being yep. conscious enough to stay calm. And like you said, too, you don't have to participate in a fight if you don't want to. You know, like, okay, you know what? This, I'm, all right. Like, it's already, I think, too, it's the acceptance of the divorce. It's happening. Yeah. It's, it's like, so let's get through it. You know, like instead of, because as you know, too, it's like the, the more you fight it, it just prolongs it. It causes more hurt, more pain, more frustration, more dollars, more everything. 
I was just going to say that, you know, the opposite of acceptance is resistance. And one of the ways I find people like on such a fundamental um, level are in resistance is the, I can't believe my spouse did X. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe it. I'm furious. I'm triggered. I'm reactive. And then you, you, you say, well, okay, did did she ever do that before? Oh my God, all of the time. Yeah. That's resistance. When, when you know that your spouse isn't a good communicator, they have a odd relationship with time, they are a less than attentive parent, whatever you know them to be, their way of being to be, when you step into acceptance, it's not saying you accept unacceptable behavior. It's it's that you accept that this is their behavior. And from that place only, can you create your plan B? Can you have other options? Can you see more choices for how to navigate it? And so I think that that, that word acceptance is so important when we can... Yeah get people to shift from the resistance that it's happening, the resistance that he or she behaves the way they do, the resistance that custody's got, all of those resistance to what is, that's huge. That's huge. Right. Because then they can begin to be proactive and create ways of coping and planning around it. Yep. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's, it's interesting. I was, uh, the interview I had before this one, the topic was menopause. And uh, so, yeah, good old menopause. Like, <laughs> we went from menopause to talking about to, to divorce. But um, I love the two. But the thing is, acceptance. Yeah. And it's what, and her and I talked about that. It's like, you have to accept the fact that you're going to go through menopause. Like, yep. it's just the way, like, hello, I'm a woman. I'm going through menopause. Uh, hello, like, I'm going through a divorce. Like, yep, this is happening. Like, you can't, it's like, okay, COVID or whatever it is. Yep. We're all going to go through this. Yes. We're going through this. Like, so, and I don't even think, I don't know how you feel, but it's like, I feel it's like it's changing that perspective too, of not just getting through it, but like thriving through it, like to, to where you get, you go through the divorce and you come out the other end, like a new person, a better person. And I, I think that um, I've noticed that there's a tipping point. I um, Nobody entering has that perspective, and nor should yeah. they. Like, they're just like, woe is me. And But I think when they start realizing, like, wow, if I could accept that the divorce is happening and I could see that my resistance is causing more suffering, my ex mm-hmm. isn't causing the suffering, my resistance is causing causing the suffering. Oh, wait a second. Is that keeping the focus on me? Oh, is that something I have power over? Oh, yes, it is. And so when they start kind of getting a little further along, um, you know, you begin to hear that shift from I'm devastated to, wow, this is, this is really powerful work to, Mm -hmm. oh, and this is the part that I think is brilliant. I never realized the the impact of whatever had on me being my full self, me engaging in interests of mine, me speaking my full truth. And so it's that, it's that turning point when you 
literally begin to root into who you are or find out who you are, where that light at the end of the tunnel, where that excitement, where that deep yearning and desire to thrive instead of survive comes from. And that I find is just such a brilliant and pivotal moment because it, it really catapults people forward. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree. And I think uh, too, it's even when, you know, you sign the papers and it's official, that doesn't mean that you're done with this. Right. I, for me, like I, I'm, you know, I've, I'm, a, I love, I'm, a, I'm all about personal development and I'm constantly like reading. And so I still, even for me, I still look, even though it was years ago, I still look at ways that like I can improve in relationships. And I look back at that marriage of like, okay, how could I have done better? What, where did I get this limiting belief from? Like exactly. what, you know, and there, I mean, you talk about like, you know, from childhood, things that we picked up from childhood, there are things you pick up from a marriage, these beliefs, all of a sudden these beliefs about yourself. I'm like, well, that's not true. That's what he thought. So then I thought that, and like, so there's a lot of work to be done, if you will, even after you sign those papers, right? Absolutely. And I think so many people focus on the legal divorce. And it's yeah. like, let me tell you something. You saw in those, those final papers and you have your separation agreement and you haven't done any of that work. You're yeah. still married emotionally. You're still thinking about him or her. You're still aggravated. You're still engaging in all of that mental chaos and perhaps mm-hmm. actual chaos as well, because you haven't you haven't healed so that you can move on. And, and it's absolutely vital. And in fact, you know, when we look at the divorce rate of first marriages, and then you say, well, why is it that second and third marriages that the divorce rate goes up and not down? Mm-hmm. It's because people think that they're divorcing the problem and then right. they go out and they meet the same man or woman in a different body, which I think Roy was talking about. Yes. And yes. then, and you rinse and re- repeat, and then you go, why does this keep happening to me? As if you had no agency in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the opportunity to do that work so that when you head back into dating or into healthy relationships, you're different. And right. so it's different. And I think that's what your guest was, Roy was saying. And I like totally, if I want to have a different experience, I have to show up differently. And, right. and I think he had said in his interview, he, he thought he just kept meeting all the wrong women. Um, <laughs> right. Which I think most people would be like, yeah, dude, you know, you just need a better picker. And it's like, actually, you know? it's a little deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I find that once you really dive into working on yourself, you end up want, desiring and meeting someone different than you would have never originally thought of if you hadn't done the work, right? Because you're attracting someone for different reasons. Well, you know, I recently interviewed, I, I, uh, I don't know if you've ever read Getting the Love You Want with um, Harville oh. Hendricks and his yes. wife, Helen Hunt. So I had them on because we were doing, we're doing a healthy relationships, healthy romantic relationships series. And they talk about how you can only heal yourself so much. And then it's 
in intimate relationship because our wounds are from our parents, that it's in intimate relationship when you have a safe space where two individuals can, like you could be sloppy. And as your partner, I can say, you know, hey, babe, what's going on? And I hear you and I see you and I'm not taking you personally and I'm not judging and putting you down. I'm I'm loving you and giving you the space to do your work and you're giving me the space to do my work. And then they said in relationship, that's where we can truly and completely heal our childhood wounds, but we can never get there if we don't do some of that work before we enter. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I think that's even um, getting to that point of really embracing relationship, like really loving the, the actual, you know, entity of a relationship. It'd be just like, if you were to practice, you know, I could go out there and practice dribbling a basketball and make tons and tons of shoots in the basket, but until like you're in an actual game right. and you're playing, you know what I mean? Like, is it really like, Oh shit. Like I had no idea, you know? So I think of it like that, like until you're in the relationship that's, and I, you know, for me personally, I did take a break after, because it is so like me to just let's get up, <laughs> let's go to the next right next. in. <laughs> but I did. I took a break. Right. I did a ton of reading, ton of therapy, ton because, and it's it's amazing, and and it does take courage again to dive into it because you'll find some things bubble to the surface that you would have never like oh. Like I found my common thread all the way back from childhood. Oh, that's why I chose that person went there and then there and there. And here I am. <laughs> Got <Well>, it. <laughs> I, I think that I had a similar experience. I worked with someone and they did this thing called a relationship scan. And I now I married, I was in my thirties. I was not like a pumpkin when I married. I was, I'd been yeah. out on my own for a while. And when I did the relationship scan, I fell off my chair. I was mm. like, how did I not see this pattern? How did I, a relationship oriented person, my entire life, not see this pattern and my pattern. And um, <laughs> I'll just share it was that every man that I've ever dated throughout my entire life had no relationships. Interesting. I went back. They weren't, they didn't have a relationship with their parents or their siblings. They didn't have any close friends. And I was like, how in God's name could I have not seen what now is just this neon light? Like, hey, a question when you're dating. So who are your favorite people? Who are you in relationship with? Like something. And we don't know until we actually slow it down enough take our focus off of the people we think are the problem and begin to look and then just brilliance happens. Yeah. 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 It is when you get calm and stop that it becomes clear, right? That the thing's like, oh, ding, 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 duh. It is so obvious sometimes, right? It's like, oh my God. So if you don't mind sharing, what was was that reason, that deep reason as to why you were... Well, yeah, I think that um, my family of origin was a very, very jolly alcoholic in my dad. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom, at the age of 23, had three babies in diapers and 
Uh, she was a rageaholic probably by the age of 25 because she was in this incredibly difficult situation. And so there wasn't a lot of emotional availability in my household. And, and I would say, like, we all look to say, well, what, what's your thing? My thing is um, I, have, I have dedicated my life to emotionally unavailable men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, up until yeah. recently, but up until I learned and, yeah. and straight through my marriage. And actually, I had a relationship after my divorce that was probably the best relationship I had in my life. Mm-hmm. And he was still emotionally unavailable. And, mm-hmm. and that's when I had started to do that post-divorce work and go, okay, something's going on here with me. <laughs> No more finger pointing. No more finger pointing. Or the only, yeah, that's the way. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do work with men and women? Yeah. Journey Beyond Divorce. We we have a team of, um, we have a team of six coaches, myself included. So we go coast to coast and, and, and we work with men and women across the English speaking world. So we work internationally. And I would say about 35% of our client base is men. And I, I don't think there's enough divorce coaching organizations out there for men. I interviewed a guy yesterday who only coaches men. And I'm like, that is such a breath of fresh air. And so, yeah. um, so we do, we work with men and women and, um, and the men who come to us you know, people are always like, well, what's different? It's like, well, we're all human beings. The human beings who come to us are ready to roll up their sleeves and do the work because much like your podcast, my podcast is all about that. So it's like, you already know us. So you're not coming to us if you just want to blame the other person. And so um, beautiful, beautiful. I have a fellow who was a high net worth, um, high net earner and uh, four kids and really changed his whole life around so that he could be that 50-50 dad devastated that the divorce was happening. And now uh, recently reached out to me and said, Karen, I cannot believe I'm saying these words to you, but this was by far the best thing that's ever happened to me. So so the men emerge just like the women, whole and healthy. Well, and I feel like uh, the beauty of it, of a divorce is that when you get to, when you're just, it's you, and you're really focusing on yourself, the more the true you comes out, like the more that you shed and peel back all those layers, your authentic self comes through. And which is so cool. <laughs> like, I mean, I dig transformation. I just think it's so amazing what we can do as human beings if we put the work into it, you know? And I think that's, what's so cool is like when those light bulbs go off and someone's like, oh my gosh, this is who I am. And I can do these things as this person, I can get that drill and I can (laughs) do these things. I never thought that I could do on my own. Right. Yeah. Now I'm taking a belly dancing class or now I'm doing this other thing or yeah. And whatever it is. And you know, if I could speak for a moment to your listeners who um, might be on the fence, because I think it's so important to talk about the excruciatingly difficult decision. Do yeah. I end or do I mend? Mm-hmm. And 
And if you're there, and I sat on that fence for a couple of years and I felt guilty and shameful for sitting there, but I just didn't know. I didn't want to divorce, but staying seemed worse. And so mm-hmm. if that's, if, if you're listening and that's you, you can do all of this work on yourself in an effort to mend and and your partner will either come along or they won't. And, right. and then you're going to wake up one day and you're going to know. But if you've already begun the work, the personal work, not the trying to change him or her, the working right. on yourself, you'll be so much further ahead when you enter divorce that it's it's going to be all good for you. Yes. And I think uh, one word that really stuck out that you said was the guilt it's that seems to be, I'm sure you find with working with a lot of people, it's the guilt is like, a, it's, it's hard to get away from that for a lot of people. And then sometimes why they stay in it, they'll stay in the marriage because they feel guilty for wanting to get out of the marriage. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. a lot of, uh, there's a tremendous amount of self-condemnation and self-judgment that needs to be replaced with self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, yeah. what I say to me, someone asked me the other day, like, when is, when is the best time to get divorced when your kids are like two, 12, 22. And I'm like, there's no good time to get divorced. Um, it's, it's the, the thing is the right time to get divorced is when you've explored all of your other options. Mm-hmm. And if you're certain that nothing's going to get any better and that this relationship is really hurting you, and you're staying for the children, if I could just speak to this. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, because that's the big thing is, I'm staying for the kids. The kids deserve a whole family. And there's there's research that shows a child is much more devastated by conflict in the household than by divorce and two um, calm households that they go between. And, And so if you're staying for the kids, One thing I want to say is whatever the dynamic is between you and their other parent, you're teaching them that that is intimate love and they're going to go out and they're going to look for that version of intimate love. And if that's not what you wish for them, then take Mm -hmm. a step back because doing it for the children is, um, is a mistake. Yeah. And you're also teaching the children to stay in something that does not serve you, that does not make you happy. And kids are smart. I mean, they, they know, I mean, I think his parents like, oh, like ah, no matter what the age, oh, please, they don't, they know what's going on. Like they can sense it. They feel it. And I think too, it's important to teach that divorce isn't bad. It's okay. If a relationship has to evolve into something else, that's okay. Like you're teaching them. It's okay to leave because they someday they're not going to like whatever relationship they get into their first girlfriend, first boyfriend or whatever, first, you know, that's, that doesn't mean it's going to stay forever. And it's okay. If you discover in that relationship that that just wasn't for you, it's okay. And I think that's so important to, uh, to teach that to children and even if they're grown children, even if they're in their twenties or thirties, when you divorce, like it's totally okay, right? <laughs> it's it's so true. And and actually, I would say that for those of us who have crashed into the wall of divorce, mm-hmm. um, it demands um, self awareness. 
And yeah. so, so you're in a situation where you're raising children so self-aware of yourself, working on yourself, changing things in yourself, the opportunity to pay it forward, to pour it into our children, to raise emotionally intelligent, articulate children who understand boundaries, who hold on to their voice, who, who are clear on their values. Like there's so many wonderful lessons that come out of being a healthy parent, navigating divorce. And, and then watching you and I spoke earlier, our emerging adults uh, yes. turn into human beings that we're so proud yeah. of. And it's like, oh my God, my son, I'm like, yeah. I when he was a little boy, I used to say, if I could raise a young man that that I'm proud of to go out into the world and and like just be great in relationship and a young woman who stands in her own confidence and holds on to her voice, I could fail at everything else and I'm successful. And yeah. I've got a 23 and a 25 year old and they blow me away where I was at 45. Like they're already <laughs> ahead of me. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And yes, totally. And um, I feel the same time too. If a child, no matter their age, if they are struggling through the divorce, you also can't hold on to that. Like it's as much as, especially as a woman, as a mother, we want to try to take everyone's pain. Let me carry this for you. You also have to give them that opportunity to heal themselves. Otherwise you're taking that away from them. I I, I always think too, like, and not to be like, oh, my trauma and my drama, but some of the shit that I've been through in my life as, as difficult as it was, I would still be pissed if you, if like, even you're like, you know, Wendy, let me take this from you. So you don't have to deal with it. I don't want you, let me just, let me, I want you to just be happy and um, be at peace. And here, let me just take this for you. I'd be so pissed because I wouldn't be the person that I am without all that shit, you know? So I think about that with my kids and I feel like one of them in particular, I feel struggled a little bit more. And as hard as it is, it's like, that's your deal. Like that's something you have to handle. Otherwise that's going to go into your relationship. Right. right? And I, I completely agree with you. There's a saying that when you pick someone up and carry them for how, for as long and as far as you carry them, when you place them back down, they're placed in the same footsteps that you pick them up and you've stolen all of that time and distance from them. Right. And so I think that there's a balance between supporting our children and enabling our children. And I think that's what you're talking about is that this is yeah. a journey and, and their struggle is part of their journey and we can support mm-hmm. them and we can love them, but um, we need to, and I think this is so hard is to detach our emotions from their heartbreak. Like we can't walk around being heartbroken for other people. Otherwise we're not good for them. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the acceptance, you know, accepting, okay, whatever their struggles are, that doesn't mean you're, you're cold about it or you don't care. It just, it's like, okay, they're a human being as well. They have uh, they, they have their own responsibility to work on themselves as much as you do. So it's, it's, um, it's difficult, I think for a lot of people. And I, I, the, 
I feel that some people won't go through the divorce because of the kids, not so much like, oh, well, they don't, they don't want to put that pain on them. They don't want them to have to deal with that. So like, let me protect them and just stay miserable and stay in this relationship that doesn't serve me. Right. And, and not be the best role model I can be for my kids. And, and I think that that's, that's the awareness. That's the waking up is I have all these stories. I have these limiting beliefs. I have, you know, these judgments that came from my family of origin and, and now I'm hitting a wall and that's my opportunity to look at every thought that I have. And is it my thought or is it my mother's thought? Yes. it's my thought. Is it a thought that I still believe in, or is it one that I'd like to discard and replace with something more valuable? And, and that requires, like, I'm always saying, slow it down. It's probably what I say more than, okay, let's slow that down a little bit. Let's let's take a look that that one sentence had like five things going on in it. Let's take a look (laughs) at what's happening here. And we're, you know, when you're chaotic and it's like, well, that's my cover story. And I'm just going to tell you, no, you got to slow it down. You got to quiet mm-hmm. it down. And then you can actually see. And, yeah. and you know, the fruit of that is is beautiful. And and I think you said this earlier. This is, it's hard work. This is, mm-hmm. this is um, it requires courage to roll up your yeah. sleeves, look in the mirror and and work on yourself. It's it, the, mm-hmm. the easy thing is to go out, find another guy or gal, get yep. laid, dive into the relationship and go. You know, yeah. this is this yep. is this is the long game. This is deep and um and the fruit that it bears is priceless. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's divorce, I feel, is a great opportunity to really get to know yourself. And I always said, I like, I want to write a book called how, how to get a divorce and marry yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, right? Like fall in love with yourself and start there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Which makes that next relationship even more amazing and more at peace when you're at peace and you love yourself. I didn't, I didn't love myself during my marriage. So it's, yeah. So I, in part of my healing work, um, I did this work uh, by a fellow, Michael Brown, and, um, and he said, whatever it is that you're lacking because of your parents' shortcomings, you know, they did their best, but whatever it is. So, so let's say for me, you know, emotional abandonment was something you will continue to do that to yourself. And so I did, right? As a codependent, Mm -hmm. I emotionally abandoned myself over and over and over again for everybody else, everybody else's needs, everybody else's list. And what he said was, until you commit to yourself, you're not going to go out into the world and find somebody else who's going to commit to you. You're energetically going to attract emotionally abandoning people. And it's not, there's nothing you can like just, oh, I'll just do that differently. It's like, no, you have to do that work so that you then just naturally attract people who are um, who are more emotionally committing and available. And that blew me away. It was like all yeah. of that power is in my hands to change yeah. it. Yeah. And I think it's so important to have a coach like you, like to go through divorce and in after the divorce, especially because- yeah. Just to be able to, I feel, I mean, like even therapist or a coach, whatever, 
to help you see a different perspective, to help you maybe see something like you didn't realize. And so, and it's nice, nice to, especially I think for men, and I'm so glad that you work with men because I, all the time I'm getting messages like, do you work with men? Do you work with men? Like, and there's a lot of divorce coaches that's in, which is fine specifically just for women, but gosh, I think the men really do struggle even more so because as women, we'll pick up the phone and like, Hey, Judy, we can, you know, men are not going to do that most of the time. You know, not only only aren't they going to do it. I've actually over the course of years introduced male clients when they both were verbalizing how they just wish that they had a guy that wanted to talk about more than the baseball game or like they didn't, they actually, you know, and that's, I, in part of when we're working with men, like they're socialized different. And so inviting them to be really authentic about their emotions, their fears, I mean, that's a scary place. And then to your point, it's great to have a professional um, and, and when you don't, or you can't, or you can't afford one for men, there often aren't the buddies who could be sounding yeah. boards. And so all the more reason to have this, and we actually do, um, divorce support groups too, because oh, for nice. people who financially, they're like, I, I just can't, I can't do the divorce and the therapist and the one-on-one coaching, they'll join a group coaching. And the beautiful thing about group coaching is now you're in a group with both men and women. So you're thinking the women are the problem or the guys are the problem. And then you listen to someone heartbroken, sharing similar things to you, but they happen to be the other gender. And that just opens things up and it heals both people. And it allows, Mm -hmm. it, it allows to break down that story in their head too, that like all guys suck or whatever the story might be. Yeah. 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 And I, I do, uh, like I'll hear a lot of, for people that reach out where it's like all men are cheaters, all women. Just <laughs> eat this. It's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> little stereotyping there. Just a tad of stereotyping yeah. there. Oh my gosh. This is so cool. I could sit here and talk to you all day. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. We could just chat away here. <laughs> Divorce is so awesome. I love it. It brought us together. <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find you. Journey Beyond Divorce is the name of the company. It's the website, it's the podcast, it's our social media platforms. What I would like to do is um, we offer a free gift of a one-hour coaching call with one of the team members, no strings attached. We call it a rapid relief call because if you're ready, you're going to want rapid relief and that's what the call gives you. You'll walk away with um, an action plan, new perspectives, and it's our give. And so I would say um, you can check out our website uh, or you can just go to rapidreliefcall.com and book a call that is bound to support you in whatever you need. I love that. Yeah. And it's free. It's completely free. And then you've got the the 12-step program as well, right? We have a 12-step divorce recovery program right on the homepage of Journey Beyond Divorce. You can read about that. And that's a that's 12 steps in 12 months. And that comes with a monthly group call as well. So there's a little group coaching in that as well. I love that you're doing all this. Yeah. There needs to be a lot more of that, you know, I mean, it's going to make the world a better place just yeah. to be able to get through divorce and become better people. 
Yeah. And for me, honestly, I pinch myself. Like it's, it's so all these years later, it's still so amazing to meet people sometimes in their darkest moments, certainly in their sloppiest and, Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of come alongside them and support them to find their best self and their best next chapter. I mean, yeah, we just, the whole team, we just, we just are so passionate about what we do. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. And let's talk divorce again someday. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And thank you for what you do. I think that your podcast is wonderful. You cover such a great span of topics. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and listen to the menopause one. I'm past that point, but I'm (laughs) curious. So I'm going to listen to that one. I know that's the thing in midlife, like anything goes, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's a big one. And it doesn't exactly last a hot second either. So uh, I know they now they're saying it goes up until 70. I was like, well, I guess I'll be doing this a long time. God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Karen. And uh, all the best to you. Thanks, Wendy. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, if you're headed down the path of divorce, there is no reason to be on your ex's side of the street cleaning it up. Stay on your side of the street. Number two, why should you work on yourself when your ex is so displeasing? Well, because they're going to be part of your past and you are going to be part of your future. So you might as well make it the best future you can. Number three, the three C's. Calm your mind, get clear on what you want and who you want to be, and build your confidence going through your divorce. Number four, we grow up with wounds, and those wounds are hardwired into our relationships. Number five, remind yourself that this too shall pass. Number six, you have an opportunity to write a new story. Number seven, gain control of yourself, and you will feel empowered through your divorce. Number eight, just because the divorce papers are signed doesn't mean you're divorced emotionally. Do the work. Number nine, allow your children's journey through the divorce to be their own and allow them to use the divorce as an opportunity for growth. Karen, 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 I just absolutely love you and I am honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much. You guys, make sure you book a free, F-R-E-E, free consultation at rapidreliefcall.com. If you know of anyone going through divorce, send this episode to them and tell them to check out journeybeyonddivorce.com. The links will also be in the show notes. Also, Don't forget to check out the Midlife Makeover Method online course. No matter where you're at in midlife, this course is a great way to get calm, clear, and confident as you move through your midlife. Go to wendyvalentine.com and click on the Courses tab. And stay tuned for my future course called The Divorce Course, How to Get a Divorce and Marry Yourself. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. All right. If you'd like to see this interview on video, please subscribe to the Midlife Makeover Show YouTube channel. And if you're not already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine, the Midlife Makeover Show, where it's always a party on my page. I would love for you to join the party every Tuesday with me when the Midlife Makeover Show goes live on Instagram. All you have to do is follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine, the Midlife Makeover Show, and click on the live video link in my profile. 
Choose the shows that interest you, and you will receive a notification when we go live. I hope to see you there. Okay, midlifers, get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or make you spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are a few ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it onto social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer who needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, friend, I am so grateful for you and I can't wait to hear from you. Cheers from the RV. Here's to taking the road less traveled. Oh, 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 oh,